Hi, we good to go? Okay. All right, let me uh, let me do this introduction real quick. Hold on. Ah, tea, delicious. Okay. Oh, all right. Blah, 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 blah. Hello, world. Welcome back to the Flores and Friends podcast. Um, it's officially summer. I hope everyone's having a good time. And again, I'm not a religious man, but I'll say this anyway. God bless the person who invented AC, because without it, we'd all be dead by now, or at least most of us. So cheers to that. Anyway, today I'm bringing back a, a returning guest. He's been on the pod. He was on He was on one of the first episodes of the pod way back when, uh, and he's been on since in kind of group episodes, but this is the second time I've had him back just one-on-one. Hello, Tommy Brown. How are you doing today, man? Doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, I kind of wish I got the intro of the, the careless whisper on this one. <laughs> I the mean, original careless whisper singer. <laughs> oh yeah, that was that was an early highlight in the first volume. Like I remember, <laughs> I was like, "This is this is the kind of shit I want on this pod." Like funny shit like that. Speaking of which, did you see Deadpool too? Did you like it? I have not been able to get around to seeing it, unfortunately, but I have heard great things about it. It's all right. I liked it. I, I it didn't knock my socks off, but I like I enjoyed it. I thought it was thought it was fine. I was like, okay. But then again, I wasn't like the biggest fan of the first one. I like I really enjoyed the first one, but I was also like, okay, that was nice. And then I like you know I was like, okay, that was a good movie. And then I was like, okay, that was fine. So anyway. <laughs> Uh, how how are you doing today, man? Which how's how's your weekend going so far, if I may ask? So far, it's uh, going pretty nice. Got up early, hit the gym. Yeah. And, uh, back back at the house, cleaning up. You know, typical easy day. Yeah, I, I gotta. I unfortunately I gotta make an announcement. Unfortunately, Tommy and I. Were the notorious beer pong uh, duo called uh, Sack Attack? I almost said balls back. Oh my god! Yeah, Wash my mouth out. Almost, so, <laughs> so we were, but unfortunately, uh, since I've I no longer drink. Unfortunately, we officially, for real this time, have to retire because uh, I can't play anymore. I mean, I guess I could play, but that would kind of defeat the purpose because you know, but. It, we had a good run, man. We had a good run. We had some pretty epic. It we was. had some pretty epic wins. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it was, it was definitely one of the more memorable moments of my life. <laughs> definitely one of the epic highlights. Yeah, man. We. Uh, it's a shame. It was good times, but you know we all got to move on and shit like that. Um. Anyway, let's start with. We got some heavy topics to talk about this today. You. Uh. You mentioned. Like I take I take like the first couple of months like usually February a little late January February like March off and you you texted me I remember you texted me hey man I want to be on a po- I want to be on a pod again and I'm like yeah man for real whatever and he's like and you were like I want to talk about this this and this I was like oh okay that's okay that those are kind of heavy topics but you know I'm I'm down if you're down man whatever you're comfortable with but let's before we get into that you know the meat of it let's start with the potatoes real quick. You are a Dallas Cowboys fan, correct? You're still a Dow- Dallas Cowboys fan, right? Yeah, I'm still a, still a Cowboys fan. We didn't get to talk about uh, you were you were supposed to be on the pod with Steven, the another group episode, but unfortunately, 
uh, plans fell through, so it was just Steven. But, you know, uh, thank you again for your patience on getting you back on. I know I promised you, like, earlier in the year, but it got kept kept, kept getting pushed back. But thank you again. Um, so we didn't get to talk about last season and talk about, you know, the draft and this season to come. So what were your thoughts about last season? How do you feel as how do you feel like y'all did? Y'all didn't do as well as the season before, but you know, where you at, man? I mean in hindsight of, you know, the previous season I wasn't I didn't think it was gonna be a repeat simply for the fact that now everybody had film on deck. So he wasn't just like, you know Yeah. The surprise that he was to everybody. You know, including myself, I didn't think, you know, he was going to explode on the scene like he did. I'm not even going to say I was a huge Dak Prescott fan or anything like that. So, you know, when he just kind of took the lead by storm, I was just like, well, shit, <laughs> great, <laughs> let's go. But uh, as far as last season, I mean, once, you know, Zeke got suspended and, you know, just injuries and Sean Lee over, I mean... I was happy with the result, but it. I was happy with the result, but I also wasn't happy with the results. I felt like a lot of the stuff that went on, you know, as far as plays and just, you know, the personal stuff of the Cowboys that was going on, it was just like it was too much. It was too much for me. Are you referring to and the then, uh, the Zeke the Zeke suspension? You think you should have taken it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't even think it was. It should have been issued in the first place. Yeah, yeah, I agree. As far as you know, the evidence and stuff that pretty much wasn't you know there to credit you know the accusation. But I mean, it's neither here nor there. I mean, at the end of the day, he got the suspension, and you know we tried. <laughs> speaking we tried. of speaking of which, I think. I think if you if anyone's seen the news lately, Jameis Winston is going to get three games at the beginning of the year, and he's not going to fight that. Uh, and I think that was a lesson he probably learned from Zeke. Like, and the, like, this isn't one of the topics we want to cover, but it does seem like the NFL has a problem—not a problem, but a very uh, an issue, I guess. Like, none of these cases, neither Zeke's nor Jameis's, you know, there were no charges, there were no there were no proceedings, there was nothing like it was. You know, it was allegations and stuff like that. And, you know, we're all innocent until proven guilty. But it seems like if you step out of line at all in that department, you know, like sexual assault or uh, domestic abuse or whatever, the NFL is going to punish you whether you're actually guilty or not. So it's it's a very interesting issue. But anyway, continue, please. I just wanted to say that real quick. And if you want to... No, no, no. That was, that was a really good point. I actually... Uh, I was listening to... It's a mess. It is a mess. 
how do you uh, how do you as a Cowboys fan feel about Philly holding up the trophy at the end of the year? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a I'm not a sour you know fan, not a sore loser. It's it's just one of those ones where I'm just like, yeah, well, you know, yeah, I did what I had to do this season. All right. I mean. It was it was between them or the Patriots, yeah. so I, <laughs> I I didn't really I had no choice but to root for them on that one. Well, I I was in a similar situation when the Pats played the Falcons, and I was rooting for the Pats, even though I felt disgusting. I, it was disgusting rooting <laughs> for them, but luckily the Falcons lost in historic fashion, so that was. That made me feel better about rooting for the Patriots because the Falcons blew that so hard. So, uh, anyway, so after the draft, we're we're starting camps. I think are we? I think we're in the middle of. Uh, I know OTAs are past, and I think mini camps are coming up. I don't know. I don't remember the all, all the finer details of the NFL offseason. But going forward, going this season, you have Zeke back. You have Dak. You know, you have hopefully Sean Lee stays healthy. I remember you telling me how I remember you bemoaning in the group chat like when Sean Lee went down, you were like you were bummed out and stuff like that. But going forward this year, what do you think? Do you think you know maybe you compete with the Eagles to win the division? You know, you know the playoff run. What do you think? Um, honestly, I'd be happy with eight and eight. <laughs> uh, the Jason I'm Garrett. Just being <laughs> the Jason Garrett uh, special, right? <laughs> well, yeah, simply, simply because I mean our defense is getting uh, you know a bit better in comparison to how it's been. So I mean a lot of it has has always been kind of has been centered around if Sean Lee is injured or not. You know, yeah. if he's healthy. Well, I mean we're good, you know. But once he gets hurt, then it's just like okay, well. There goes you know, that. <laughs> there goes that. And then now on Austin, you know, all there is is, is, is Zeke and Dak, you know. And what's a quarterback without receivers to throw to? Yeah, we didn't know. Um, I didn't. How did you feel about? Uh, how did you feel about Dez? Um, <clears throat> I mean, it was, it, the proof is in the video, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can see it. He 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 fell off. He's not who he once was, you yeah. know. It's not a knock against them, it's just, you know, as they, you know, pointed out, if you're a one-trick pony, you know, you can only do so much. And then once they started game-playing and then forward and just stuffed it out, then he, he wasn't no more a threat. Yeah. And your number one receiver should always be, you know, your biggest threat. That, yeah. hey, if you need the crucial five yards, man, he's the person to go to, man. It wasn't Des anymore. Uh, you said going forward, you are going this forward this year. You you're you're at least hoping for an eight and eight. Uh, I mean, is that? Yeah. I mean, what do you think you could do to fix that? I mean, what what do you think the problem is right now? You think it's the the, the front office? You think it's coaching? You think it's? I mean, y'all seem like y'all have like a core of the future if, Ze- if Zeke and Dak stay healthy. And stuff like that. Maybe you need to bring in some more receivers and some better, I don't know, corners or stuff like that, or someone to back up Sean Lee to help him out on defense. It's like, so what, I mean, would, you, what would you do going forward? Going forward, I mean, right now, I say the the defense is actually getting better, so I can't knock that. Okay, I, I'm 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 just 
this point, I'm kind of confused as far as with the coaching as well. Okay. More so on the sense that with Jason Garrett still being there, <laughs> I mean, we had the up and down year, but for the most part, it's been 8-8. Eight eight. Yeah. So, I guess I would say at this point, I am thinking about, you know, hoping that we can get some type of change as far as the coaching. Yeah. Just on the rise that, okay, when this, this year in the draft, like I said, we already knew that Dez was not being Dez. So okay. we knew that as far as, you know, without Dez, what are our receivers doing? Yeah. Pretty much nothing. So why, you know, why not try to get a top receiver to, you know, give Dak some type of help? Instead, we get a linebacker, and I'm just kind of like, okay. Like, what is, what is that really about to do? I mean... At the at the end of the day, the name of the game is to put points on the board. So if we don't have people to put points on the board, how are we going to win? It really does feel like y'all's offense is just, I mean, it was predicated on fearing Zeke in the run. And it's yeah, like... Giving it Zeke and then dumping it over the top to Dez. But yeah. then once Dez no longer can get it over the top, then now they just putting everybody up on the box to stuff out Zeke. Yeah, so and what do you like, do? Well, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. What do you do? It's like you got to give some weapons to this to, to Dak, man. He's gonna. He can't. I mean, Zeke. This isn't the NFL of the '80s and the '90s. Or one good running back can't like decide a game anymore. Like it's like uh, right. Yeah. Anyway, well, I'm so, look. I'm no Cowboys fan. I, as you know, I'm I I especially living in Texas. I'm like, uh. But, uh, you know, they're great villains. I'll tell you that, man. Like when they're good. I love it because I can hate them even harder. Like I'm like, man, punk ass Dallas Cowboys, man. <laughs> I feel like we're like the the anti heroes. We're just like in the middle. Either you just really love us or you really hate us. But we don't. For the most part, we're just like neutral. Yeah, uh, you guys are polarizing. I'll give you that. Like the only people, the only teams that probably are hated more than you is probably like. The Seahawks, maybe, and the Patriots. The Seahawks really hate it. I love the Seahawks. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of people. Yeah, okay, a lot of people, a lot. But then again, there were people who didn't like what they were. People thought uh, Richard Sherman was a blowhard and stuff like that. But the team that everyone really hates is the Patriots. So as long as the Patriots are good, y'all will always be like the like the second or third like hated, most hated team. So there's always that, I guess. And I guess we we start (laughs) off. Anyway, okay, are you ready to are you really ready to dive into this? I mean, again, this was you wanted to talk about this kind of stuff and I mean, I I'm here to I'm let you take it away from here, man. You wanted to talk about something that uh a major thing that happened in your life uh very recently. Uh a couple things that happened in your life very recently. So, take it away, man. I know you wanted to talk about this stuff, so go right ahead, Tommy. Oh. I mean, I thought you might have, you know, at least got some questions that you might have wanted to ask. Oh, I do. I, I will. I will. I'll. I'll respond. I'll. I'll give you. I'll. I'll. I'll respond to what you say. But I want you to, you know, just, you know, say your piece, man, and like we can go forward after that. Oh, okay. Uh, don't really know where to start. Really. Okay. Um, so, well, for whomever may not know who I am. Um, I was uh, married. Yep. We got married on uh, the 8th 
day after Christmas. <laughs> day after Christmas, so fifteenth, yeah. Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, it was fifteen. It's been a while. It has been a while. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, um, and I'd say a few months, about six months after that, next thing you know, we're going through the whole divorce uh, procedures of that. Mm. Um, well, the separation part, anyways, the beginning phase, uh, stages. Yeah. And, uh, man, I just, I tell you, man, it's like one of the worst things to, like, I guess, deal with. As far as, um, I guess, uh, me understanding as far as, um, how important mental health was. Yeah. To me, or to people, period. Yeah. Because, uh, man, like, I don't know. It's one of these weird moments where I can't honestly say what, like, started to, I guess, show once we actually got married. Mm. And, you know, said I do and everything else. I can't really point out where the, you know, the, uh, what's the word? Where it started to kind of fall apart, kind of unravel yeah, and stuff like that? Yeah, where it started to spiral. Okay. Like, can't really point out where. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, I was suddenly, bam, you're confronted with a situation that, you know, things off. So then, you know, you do a little bit of investigation and then, bam, you find out, you know, one of your greatest fears is now a reality. Yeah. So then it's like, now you have to, you know, I guess, it's kind of like you now have to confront uh, a side of yourself or that, that, what they say, that elephant in the room yeah. that you probably did notice a while back, but, you know, you just hope for the best. Because, you know, especially when you marry someone or when you've been with someone for a long time, you, you know, you give them the benefit of the doubt more than you would some random person. Yeah. Okay, so, <clears throat> you know, I thought about some questions going into this because, uh, to ask you, but now, uh, even in the moment, I'm like, damn, I, I don't know what to, <laughs> I don't really know what to say, but like, <laughs> I mean, y'all were, y'all were together for a while before y'all were married, right? Like a few, a few years or something yeah, like that? Yeah, we were together for six years old. Okay, and y'all, and then y'all got married and then it kind of fell apart and, pretty rapidly uh and again if i'm i'm trying not to i'm trying to like you know not step on like broken glass or anything like that like i'm, very, no, I'm no, trying to no, be very no, delicate no. and stuff like that but uh how do you feel now man do you think i mean it's been it's been some time would you i mean a heavy hidden question but like i mean would you change anything would you have done anything different like what i mean where, where are you at with that right now well, I, I would say I am in a better place. That's uh, good. That's it did good, take, man. You know, it did take a while to recover from it. Um, yeah. I mean, it definitely was the, I guess, worst, you know, experience I've had as far as, you know, uh, not, not anything physically traumatizing, but, yeah, definitely. you know, but, um, but would I change anything? Me personally, I'd say no. 
man like I, I i i think i said it to you when you told me and I'm, I, i've said it several times like that it all sucks man that just that's an awful situation like if i could if i can give a little bit of my uh experience like i i don't know what your situation like was like i don't i mean if you care to uh indulge but like i i don't know what your situation was like with your folks but my folks got divorced uh Got divorced at a, when I was. They separated when I was one. They got divorced when I was two. So I never, I never really knew like my dad and my mom being together. Like it's, it was pretty much always my mom. Um, and you know, I've seen. Maybe it's a negative confirmation bias, but I feel like I've seen a lot of couples who were madly in love. Like I was like, man, they're gonna go the distance. They're they're so in love. And I, I mean, mind you, I was like in my late teens early 20s when i saw this kind of stuff and i think i've grown some perspective since then but like i just saw couples that i was like oh man this is great this is this is great uh and i've seen them break up and i i i'm not the biggest relationship guy like i six years to me sounds like a lifetime i'm gonna be honest dude i i would i would feel like I just think about how much I've changed in like six years, and I'm like, God, that, that I feel like John of you know 2012, like when I he was I was 22, I was like, that's a completely different dude now. Like I'm very much different from who, who I was back then. So I agree, I agree. Uh, that that that's um, actually one way that I look at it as well. Yeah. Um, and, and that's and that's why I don't hold any um, you know animosity or bad feelings towards what happened because. Yeah. You know, that mindset of, well, you know, when we got together, you know, I was only like 19. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm 26 now. I'm still young. Yeah, you're <laughs> I'm very, still yeah. pretty young. You got your whole life ahead of you, man. Yeah, I'm still, you know, pretty young. And to say that, you know, I was with someone for six years and then we got, you know, in that six years' time, we did get married yeah. is, you know, not necessarily a bad thing. You know, with some people, you know, it is, they do feel like it's a knock against you. They yeah. get your, you as a person because you got married young and then divorced. But, you know. Yeah, I would say there's a, there's a stigma against divorce. Uh, I mean, yeah. even in 2018, there's like, uh, there is a stigma. There's like, it's like a, uh, 
I don't know, like a demerit or like a bad grade on your like your permanent yeah, like record it's or something. A yeah. yeah. And, and for a while, that's that's exactly how I felt. Like yeah. I would walk outside, and like I would always feel like I was just dirty, mm. and then like everybody could see it. Yeah, and it's it's sad because, I mean, I don't need to tell you, but that's that's unfair. Like, I think we need to realize now that while I believe the current data is that like the. Uh, or the current statistics is that the divorce rate is going down. It's not nearly – it's not 50 percent anymore. It's like – it's somewhere in between 45 and 50. So it has gone down over the years, but it still it still happens. Like that, that's what I wanted to say. I was like I used to – basically what I was – I was point I was working towards is I'm the probably the biggest marriage phobe in the world. Like I, the idea of that terrifies me. Like it terrifies me partially because – it, it comes from a fear of divorce. Like I, I've seen what divorce does to people, and I've seen what divorce do, do to families. Like I'm just very happy that like, like I know your uh, your ex had a kid, and I'm, I hope it wasn't too bad for them. But I I've, I've also seen what divorce do to like kids, and I like that's my biggest fear is like if I ever you know ever sell down with someone, we got married, we had kids, and what that would do to them. And I've seen I've seen all the bad that's come out of divorce. But you know, as I've gotten older, I see. You know, sometimes there is some good that comes from divorce, like you were saying, and like it, it is a there's a stigma, but it's kind of unfair because every relationship's different, and like divorce is, it's not nobody goes into marriage like, well, this will probably end divorce, but you know we'll just roll the dice. Like it's like people all do want to spend the rest of their lives with each other, but shit happens and stuff like that. So I, I would just say like it's unfair because you don't know what really happened it, only those two people in that marriage would know what really happened and like i mean you can't judge anyone for being divorced especially if it was a young divorce or like a quick divorce or like maybe not so quick but kind of quick divorce like it's like it's just it happens that's i guess that's my point it happens yeah i think well for me and what i've understood from actually you know going through the the situation that, well, my opinion would be that, you know, the people who get divorced and, you know, they have this, you know, high animosity towards each other, those are kind of like those relationships, in my opinion, that they, you know, there was a lot of things going wrong from the get-go, and they just, you know, never really want to discuss and talk about it. So that's why they, you know, continue to have that animosity towards each other even afterwards. But... In in my situation, um, it was it was really a, a, you know a mixture of us having a bad uh, communication between us. Yeah. Uh, on my end and her end, and ultimately, you know, a lot of things were getting mis uh, you know uh, misrepresented uh, as far as you know if she was upset with me and she would you know, communicated in a certain way and I necessarily wouldn't understand that, you know, she was upset about something and yeah. it, it's, you know, the communication barrier was, was there big time between us. Yeah. So then once it was all said and done and, you know, we took time apart and really, you know, talked a little bit, you know, after we had separated and, you know, just really was honest with each other. Yeah, and I think that's one of the biggest things. The level of honesty has to be like brutal. Yeah, like <laughs> like just no holds bar in order for 
for two people to really understand each other. Yeah. Uh, in doing in doing that, uh, especially at the end, it helped with the, a lot of stuff about her that you know I didn't necessarily understand or pay attention to. You know, because I didn't have the context of you know everything as far as who she was. Yeah. And how she was, you know, was raised and things of that nature. Yeah. So on, you know, my end, it was, you know, through everything that I experienced as far as growing up and, you know, the way I was raised, that uh, that it, it, it pretty much, I, I, gotta, I gotta put this, uh, no, I lost it. <laughs> I lost it. It's all good, man. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, I think I asked you this on the first episode you did before y'all, uh, I believe, I think y'all had just gotten married when we had you on. Um, looking back, especially like during that six years y'all were together and then before y'all got married, obviously, um, I think I asked you what advice would you give someone, you know, or two people that are like about to make that leap, about to make that, you know, Decision, that commitment, and stuff like that. Now, knowing what you know now, what would you tell someone? Like, if say I was like Tommy, I'm getting married. You know, uh, I really love this girl. I think I want to spend the rest of my life with her. You know, besides the whole honesty and, and uh, communication thing you talked about, is that it, or would you say there's there's more advice you would give to someone like that? Um, no, I I actually feel that it. It's the same thing, but more to a degree than I even anticipated at that time. And I feel that um, was due to not only my age, but to me learning uh, more about myself. And I guess that's where the discussion of me, you know, understanding that I was, you know, I I had Asperger's and, you Mm. know, like how I me mean, finally understanding how my mind actually works compared to everyone else. Yeah. Um, so it's you know like that level of honesty to where like you have to be be comfortable with um, sharing what you consider your demons are with that person in order for it to work. Yeah. Because it's, it it does go kind of with the saying that you know if they can accept you on your worst then they will definitely accept you at your best. They will, you know, appreciate your best because they will understand, you know, you know, what it takes for you to be at that, at that point. Yeah. And that's scary because like, I mean, I don't know what it's like for most people, uh, but I can just, I can speak for myself being completely vulnerable, like letting every, letting one person in on everything. That's terrifying to me. Like that is, Mm -hmm. That's like I, I mean I'm not I'm not a criminal I'm not I don't think I'm an evil person so it's not that we I don't think it's that most people have anything like scandalous or devilish to hide but you but we all have our barriers up like we all have barriers up around something like nobody is a complete open book even though they say they're open books there are always some things that people only keep to themselves and like I, I just but say we could be. yeah we could be it, it it is possible I mean. Everyone likes to focus on the almost fifty percent divorce rate, but there's also a oh a better than fifty percent success rate. Like most people, yeah, we we take too much time to focus on the negative stuff. Yeah, but marriages do that all the time. Marriages can work. It just takes some trial and error. <laughs> I guess I don't know. 
but yeah, man, it uh, it's scary to be that vulnerable and to be that honest, bluntly honest, like you said. Like it's. But that that that's what we have to be because yeah. now with with how everything is progressing, yeah, everyone is so gun shy of being hurt because everyone, you know, oh, everyone's lying about this. Like, who is this person? Because of how advanced technology has gotten to where you know. You you had no clue that you know your neighbor two down two houses down was you know a serial killer you know ten years ago. Yeah. But with the internet and everything else now, now you do. So now you're kind of fearful yeah. of you know who are you you meet. You know everybody wants to know what did you do or this that and other, but nobody wants to be honest and be like, hey, you know this is why I have made my mistakes that in life. Yeah. How about you? You know, there's, there's still this this sense of I don't know wanting to view the world for what it isn't. <laughs> yeah. You know, the world is a, is a is a dark place. Like there's constant chaos going on. Yeah, and nobody, and nobody's perfect. Like as much there are yeah, there are nobody. good yeah there are there are really good people in this world, but nobody is perfect. Like like even your pastors and everything else, they have some type of something to do. Yeah. And it sucks, man. Again, I, I just want to say that again. It sucks. Like, I, I don't wish that on anybody. Like, I really, even though I know, I'm not saying I had these thoughts about you, but I, 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 there are some couples that I know that I'm like, oh, they're really not, they're really not going to last. Like, they're not going to be, they're not, there's no way that's going to work. And maybe I might be wrong, but that's just my opinion. And like, but even though I think that a couple's bad for each other, like, ultimately, I don't want anyone to break up. I don't want anyone to go through this because it's, I mean, I've never had like a breakup, breakup like that. But I've had my low moments, and if it's worse than the low moments I have, I I wouldn't wish that on anybody, dude. I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry that that had to happen, dude. But again, I guess I you, mean, yeah. It's, it's it's no different than what in my eyes. I, I look at it kind of like climbing a tree, right? Yeah. You know that by climbing the tree, there's a possibility that you could fall and hurt yourself. Yeah. There's a possibility you could fall and break something. Yeah. But you also know that, you know, if this is, you know, one of your passions or whether it's something like you, you know, that you like doing, you also know that if you get to the top of this tree, you don't see a great view. You don't get to see something magical. You don't get to have something magical. And I mean, that's in a sense what a lot of this stuff that we do in this world is about to get to whatever dream, whatever sense of peace that we all individually have. It's a great point. Because that's, that's what... You know, living is about getting to where whatever juncture in life you feel you deserve. So, with that saying, you know, mindset, there's no, there's no point in being fearful. Yeah. Because I mean, if you half-ass it, you you definitely gonna fail. You know. So you might as well just go for the gusto. You know. <laughs> <laughs> fuck it, right? <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Like the work, and, and it's, it's, it's just like you know when you're trying to date somebody, yeah. you know, shoot your shot. The yeah. worst possible thing that that person can say is no. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You're not gonna die from it. You're not gonna explode. They can. The, the worst thing they can say is no. It's gonna suck, but it, you get over it, right? Yeah, it's gonna <laughs> suck. But you, at least you have your answer. You know, at least you definitely have that answer. Yeah. You know for sure that hey, that's not the person for you. Yeah. Versus you having to sit there and constantly think, man, what is this? What is that? 
you know, this, that, and the other. And that's what really starts driving people crazy because once our minds start thinking so much, yeah. we, we overload. Yeah. There's literally no price that you won't pay for a peace of mind. This is true. If, if you go and lay down in your bed and for a second you think that you didn't lock your door, you could be the... You can be as tired as, I don't know, a uh, 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 modern, uh, old, what, person pulling a buggy, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. But you gonna get up. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna get up. Yeah, for real. Uh, and lock the door or see if it's locked. Yeah, that's a great point, man. That's a, that's a, that is a, uh, an excellent mindset. And I think we all need to do what we can to keep that in mind. Like, just... You got to keep going for it. You got to keep going for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying, well, I haven't in the works of actually trying to make a business for that. Yeah. So I just want to be able to provide a peace of mind for people. So, moving on, uh, and again, thank you so much for giving that insight, confiding, and, you know, you know, just giving, giving all that that you uh, just gave. But uh, if I can go further, you touched on. Uh, you recently found out you had uh, Asperger's. Um, what has your been your experience so far with that? What, how do you feel? Like, what do you what do you think about it? Or I guess where are you at with that right now? It's funny you ask. How do I feel? <laughs> you know, I <laughs> I googled. I like when I really started learning about it. Yeah, I googled, uh, googled like Asperger's or whatever. Yeah, and one of the questions on Google was, "Does people do people with Asperger's feel anything?" And yeah. I'm like, "We are, you know, still human. I mean, we feel. Yeah, it's like anyone else. It's just, it's not, you know. I I can't speak for everyone. Yeah, but at least for me, you know, I do feel emotions." It's just, I look at them so logically, like, when I, when I analyze why I'm feeling emotion will dictate whether or not I accept it or not. Yeah. That's how my mind works. Yeah. So, like, in, in, in situations where other people would get angry at, I wouldn't. So, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm African-American. So... In Louisiana, of course, you know, you're sometimes going to come across race. That's yeah. just how it is. So if I looked at this person and, you know, had any type of interaction with them and they gave off the impression that they are racist, if they call me the N-word, yeah. I'm not even going to react to it. Why? Because my mind knows that they're going to try to do something to insult me or possibly get me angry. Yeah. In order to lash out at them or act out again. So I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And that, that's how my mind works as far as dealing with emotion. Now, I do, I have understood uh, from, you know, interacting with the people that have definitely helped me uh, get through my divorce and stuff that there is a time where I should, you know, allow my emotions to, I guess, um, I don't know, roam free or whatever. Yeah, just express them and, you know. Yeah, yeah. just 
you know, experience. Experience, but, yeah, stuff like that, yeah. You know, it's one of those easier said than done things. Yeah, yeah. In my case. yeah. I, I mean, I, I know, I know a little bit about it. I studied some of it in school because I, I got my degree in psychology, so I'm, I'm kind of familiar with some, a little bit of, you know, developmental disorders like Asperger's and stuff like that. But that's, I, that's why I asked you how I felt because I, I am aware that like. Like I really have a problem with a lot of like mainstream, uh, especially television and movies depicting Aspergers or autism. Like they're like they make them like robots who are like who who are like feel nothing and like are geniuses and stuff like that and savants and stuff like that. It's like no, that I mean they're just going through. They just have a they just have a condition that that uh, that affects their emotional state a little bit differently than yours. I mean it's not. They're not aliens. You're not an alien. Like you're not like some no. other being that like occupies the same reality as us. You're just you're just human as us. You just you just process your emotions and your interactions and your social most social things differently. I mean that's just that's like I don't think a lot of people realize how much so socializing and social interaction affects their emotion. So that's why it's a little bit different for y'all. Yeah. Well, you know, I could like to speak for me, but I learned at an early age, which I, now some of the stereotypes um, about them, you know, well, about Asperger's, too, Asperger's are kind of true as far as, you know, some yeah. of us are, you know, do have high IQs and others. Yeah. Some don't. You, know, you can't just go to every Asperger's person and be like, hey, you're a genius. Yeah, like, exactly. There's <laughs> a variation just like with anything. Yeah, know? for real. Some of us are, some of us aren't. But I know for me, and, you know, this is why I did study sociology, you know, to a degree, because I learned from watching people, because, well, that's just kind of one of the things I do. Yeah. You know, I study people, you know, if I interact with you, I'm looking at you, you know, I'm studying your eye movements, you, you know, if you twitch, if you smile a certain way, or hmm. stuff like that, you know, stuff that gives away what your intentions are, yeah. so that I can understand you and interact with you better. Yeah. So... It's kind of, uh, it's hard, you know, with Asperger's, it's, it's, they describe it as a, a camouflage in a way. Yeah, it's a great way of putting it. As far as uh, with me, I learned at a very young age that your emotions were, in a sense, basically irrational. So I based, a lot of, <laughs> I based a lot of my, you know, traits on not being irrational, not allowing emotions to dictate what I do in order to possibly achieve the best result. Yeah. Based on my culture, based on my upbringing, based on the people that I've interacted with. So, like, I do have an older brother. Yeah. And he and I don't have the same father. And he and I are way different from each other. Like, you know, John, you hung out with me. Yeah. You see my personality, now I put everything opposite, and that's my brother. Minus the goofiness. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, that, I, that, that's a pretty radical shift, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you know, very, just unnecessarily, you know, hostile, just, a lot of stereotypes that our culture gets. Okay. You know, is 
just kind of some of the things that he he does, you know, yeah. do. And it's one of the things that by me being who I am, when I looked at him and saw what he was doing, the attention that it got, yeah, and the negativity that those things and traits, you know, had from him doing it, made me adjust my own character to do the opposite. Look, man, I've known you for a few years now. You seem like you got, uh, no pun intended, you seem like you got a good head on you, and I, 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 I'm, I'm happy that you uh, discovered this, or I don't know if discovered is the right word, but I'll just say discovered for lack of a better term. This aspect I mean, it's of discovery. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but again, it's like, you've all, like from what I'm, from what I'm hearing, it's like, it's always kind of been a part of you. You just didn't. Like you didn't think it was like it had a name, like it was in a condition or something. You just thought it was, it was the way you were, right? Is that is that generally? What yeah, I thought that was how everyone works. Yeah, but for that, real. That, that's where a lot of the issue came. Yeah. From as far as you know, in the relationship and everything else, is that I thought that you know she was on the same level as I was as far as you know. Yeah. You know, if I would say, "Hey, you're supposed to do this," and she'd be like, "No, you know, this is what I grew up doing," then it would turn to an argument on. Uh, as far as the who's right and wrong. Yeah. I'm happy for you, though. I'm happy that you, you know, I always say awareness is a good thing. Like, being aware of something is better than, like, ignorance is not bliss in my book. Like, it's like, it's, the more you know, the more educated you are, the more informed you are, the better decision-making you can do, right? So, I'm happy for you, Tommy. I'm glad that you, you know, I'm glad that you are, you know, this is part of your life. Well, I'm not glad that it's part of your life, but I'm saying I'm glad that you... You're processing it. It's all a part of of life. It's shit. I mean, you just go through stuff and you get through it, man. Peace I of mean, mind, right? Everybody, yeah, everybody does a little bit different, and you just you just keep making it. Uh, you touched. Uh, if you want to move on to the next topic, or if you had anything else to say, we, you, you, there was a, a kind of a music culture topic you wanted to d- discuss. Oh yeah, and so. Well, I'm pretty sure you probably saw the whole Kanye thing. Yeah. Uh, the, the whole slavery was choice thing and then just... Yeah. Uh, a lot of uh, activity going on <laughs> in that regard. Like, what did you think? Well, I'll say this. We, uh, I touched on Kanye last episode with my, uh, my buddy Dalvin. Uh, I'm a huge Kanye fan, but I divorced the artist from the man several years ago like i i I just like his music i just like i only listen to his music and honestly the crazy shit he does like i don't care like i really don't care what he does like i i i just it has no effect on me like what he did was pretty what he said was pretty egregious though like i'll admit it was it was pretty it was pretty ignorant but it, it didn't sound like honestly people were saying how could he be so ignorant and it's like I heard what I heard was I didn't hear negligence. I heard ob- obliviousness. Like I heard maybe oblivious obliviousness is negligence, but it just felt like he he is so sheltered, and it sounds like it seems like he is so cut off from like reality. Like he was part of reality once, and now he's part of this machine out there and in Hollywood, and you know part of the Kardashian world. And I hate to. I mean, I, I think they get enough shit. I don't want to tile, pile on top of that, but it's just a different world. It's just a different reality from our own. And it was sad because it's like, come on, dude, you, you're a grown-ass man. You, you should kind of know better. And he, 
in the Kanye we used to know. Well, let me ask you. Yeah. What, like, what part of, uh, his, of it did you find so, uh, you know, so wrong? Now, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. I've never actually watched the video because uh-huh. I didn't, like, again, back to what I said. I don't. I didn't care. Like it didn't. I didn't want to know. Like I didn't want to. I didn't want to know. Like I. I. I got the gist. Maybe that's unfair to him, but that's that's kind of what I got. Like I don't. I was like, oh, I read the headlines. I I read a few, you know, right think pieces on it. I saw some tweets about it. And I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna avoid this because I don't really. I don't really want to deal with this. Uh. But it does seem egregious. Uh. Maybe the the statement needs more context than i'm about to give it but it does seem pretty egregious that he says you know it feels like 400 years of i i'm I'm sorry if i'm misquoting him and stuff like that but 400 years of enslavement that kind of feels like a choice it's like i kind of as a white man as a white man in america i get i i want to see where he's coming from i want to see that he's like saying you know that no, like nobody ever tried to like. Everyone was willingly going along with slavery. It's like I kind of get where he's. Ta- I I kind of get what he was trying to say, but even me as a white man was like, "Ooh, dude, you gotta, you gotta word that better. You gotta like, you gotta articulate that better, man. You can't just throw that out there." Like, and it didn't help that it was on camera, and it didn't help that it was at TMZ, and it's like this is just a bad scene all around. Like, what are you doing, dude? Like, just. You're an artist. He's an artist. And I just think if you want to articulate something like that, put it in art. Because what you did was kind of felt like it was off the cuff. And but the, that, that's kind of no different than you telling him that it's wrong for him to voice his opinion. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying some that it's... Some other way that's not his, quote, art. That he should, that because he's an artist that he shouldn't be able to speak on something in another platform. Oh, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm sorry if that's what came across, but what I'm saying is that like there are two. That is a a very complicated issue. That is a very complicated issue. Needless to say, and to to address something in a complicated issue like that to discuss a complicated issue like that it requires finesse and it requires fine point articulation so what i was saying was i don't think that i think the kanye i know is methodical at least in his music he's methodical he is a control freak and he's a perfectionist as far as his music so it felt like the kanye i know at least musically he spends years on 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 his albums and stuff like that. So it just felt like I feel like Kanye the artist probably could have articulated it more methodically and more deliberately than the Kanye that was at that TMZ that at the TMZ offices and just said something off the cuff. It felt like it felt impulsive and it felt that's that's an issue, a very complicated issue that really really has no need for impulsivity like it, it just it's not the it's not the place for that well what if sometimes the best way to deliver information is the simplest and sometimes just the most blunt way to do it by that i mean okay you would you rather someone calmly tell you that hey you should not 
that there's a train coming while you're on the track. Or to someone yell out, hey, get your MF and ass off the track. Now, I, I see what you're saying. I get you. But, again, I'll reiterate, like... It, it wasn't – I just don't think that was the forum to do that. Like if you want to have a serious conversation about that topic, like a serious – like it felt like he was trying to make a point about something, about that issue. If you want okay, to – Okay, but then it goes to the question, what is – where is the right platform to have a discussion like that? Because then now I bring the similarity to – Kaepernick in the field, where he made his protest, and then they was like, oh, that's not the right place to protest. Well, why isn't it? Yeah. Like, how can you tell this person that this is not the right place to protest or have an opinion about something? Uh, I, I, again, I'm not trying to say he doesn't deserve his opinion. He's not entitled to his opinion. I would just say, as far as the Kaepernick thing, I thought that that was a fine platform. He wasn't hurting anybody. He wasn't stopping anyone from doing anything. He just decided to abstain from the national anthem and then all the the baggage came with it and stuff like that but as far as the kanye situation again i'm i'm a white man i just want to make that clear you are a black man i am not trying to tell any black man black woman black person anyone in that community how to feel how to handle anything but what i would just say is discretion is the better part of valor and that i i can't tell you the right platform i can't tell you the right platform but I don't feel like the offices of a T- of TMZ in a group setting like that, televised, that just doesn't feel like the right place, man. That just doesn't feel like the right place. If you want to have that conversation, I mean, I think Kanye has a few dollars to his name. Set up something. Like, coordinate something. Have someone talk to an expert. Like, like broadcast that. Like, I just didn't think that was a time or place for that kind of stuff, man. But that. Okay, so then that points out the overall the overall issue with almost anything in this society. There's always going to be somebody who doesn't feel that this particular time and place that someone decided to do this, that, and the other wasn't warranted. And that's not how it should be. If this person wants to speak up in the middle of the second stall in the to- in the bathroom and make a speech there, then that's his business. It is his business. Because... That's his, that's where he or she decided that they wanted to do it. So the same aspect anywhere else. So if he wants to, to speak up on it, had a discussion at TMZ, that's his business. Because he felt the need that it was something that needs to be discussed. Absolutely. And when it all boils down, everything that we are constantly having issues with is because we haven't gotten around to discussing it. We haven't all sat down and had a nasty, dirty discussion about some of the messed up things that this, you know, country has done to other people and each other. You know, the people who want it. And they're constantly running away from, you know, the reality of a lot of stuff that's looking at each other in the face every day. Because, with, like I said, with technology, we see it. Yeah. There's indisputable evidence of the racism towards black people. Yeah. There's evidence. Yet people will constantly say, no, no. It's, 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 it's gone. It's like, no, we have videos, we have proof. Yet nobody wants to have that conversation. Same thing with, you know, immigrants. We have proof. But nobody wants to have that discussion. Look, I, I agree with you. I we're, we're coming from the same side here. Like, there's 
there is a larger conversation that needs to be had either on a macro level or a micro level. It It is a conversation. There needs to be, especially in these days and age, this day and age, there needs to be a consensus about what reality. Like it seems like reality is being questioned as, law, as, as far as like facts are being questioned. But getting back to Kanye, what I'm saying is he has absolutely every right to do what he did. But what he did got a lot of blowback and got a lot and had some consequences for him. Like had some had some outrage, some backlash. And if if his goal is to express an opinion, then he did what he wanted to do. And I, I mean, good props to you, man. But if his opinion if his goal was I'm gonna express my opinion and hey, I have an album coming out in a couple weeks. Go buy this album. Oh, that's kind of not really the best way of going about it. Look, man, I'm not saying that he's wrong. Well, I disagree with him, but I'm not saying what he did was wrong. I'm just saying it felt, I don't want to say inappropriate, but it just felt uh, you could have probably done that a little bit better. But, I mean... I mean, yeah, if you're looking at it from a business standpoint, then, yeah, that was a terrible execution. Yeah, that know? was terrible. Something like that. <laughs> and then, you know, promote the album, yeah. Yeah. But I was just, you know, I was just thinking as far as someone wanted to give off their, you know, opinion, period. Yeah. And yeah. and we there, there should be a freedom, at least in civil discourse, for people to say potentially ignorant or misinformed things like that like it should be allowed because there needs to be uh, there needs to be a giant trust tree like we need to be like okay you are allowed to say something stupid but you need to be able to hear someone correct you because there were people trying to correct him and pr- trying to enlighten him and i think for the most part he took that feedback uh because it wasn't – I will say that the outrage and the backlash was kind of like excessive. As, but then again, I want to stress this again. I'm a white man. I just want to keep that – I just want to keep that going. I'm not speaking for everyone. I'm speaking for myself. I'm just saying that it was kind of excessive. But then again, I understand it's an emotional issue. It's a, like I said, it's a very complicated issue, man. So well, – and, and that that is one of the, I guess – like it, his his comments really well his Kanye's like whole you know quote or whatever that in itself I found to be so interesting that he said it and like the reactions that you know I, that people had with it yeah. I found that to be like one of the most intriguing things ever it was very Just interesting of, 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 you know I guess I don't, even, I don't even know what to call it. It was just—it was just really interesting to, to me to really like, you know, look at how everything divided as to you know whose side that people agreed with, or you know how they even felt about it. Look, it didn't fuck up my day, and I hope it didn't fuck up your day. It just—it. I'm kind of. I guess I'm closer to your boat. Like I was kind of in the middle again. Like I don't care what Kanye. You know, Omari West, like, does with his life, as long as he's not hurting anyone. I don't care about, I mean, I don't wish any harm on the dude, but all I care about is, okay, what music is he making? 
Like, what music is he making? Like, as soon as his album came out, I got it. Like, I was not... I'm not... I don't give a shit about Kanye's, Kanye West's opinion. Now, if he brings those opinions... The person. I'm saying the person. But if he brings those opinions over as an artist, you know, if that... If his opinions stretch out into his art, then I might have a problem with it. Be like, ooh, I don't agree with that, man. That's kind of fucked up. But again... There's a se- there's a separation here. It's a fine line, maybe, but that is that is the separation of drawn in the sand. So like, it was interesting because it seemed, it just seems so avoidable. Like it just seems so like you could have de- the execution could have been better. Because I feel like again, if he's trying to articulate something very con- a very can we agree that it was a very controversial statement? We can agree that it was a very controversial statement, correct? Yeah. Um. I mean, but that's that's just kind of how it goes when any celebrity says or speaks their opinion about anything. It becomes controversial because everybody everybody has a subjective opinion. Yeah, it's always going to be based on what you believe is right or wrong and your own morals. So, a person like me, I can see the logic in what Kanye said from a logical standpoint of it being a choice because at the end of the day it is technically a choice it's a shitty choice but it's a choice nonetheless to whether or not you're going to do what this person says or possibly be whipped being killed it's still a choice you still have to make that conscious decision to obey or rebel yeah that's still a choice a logical standpoint is correct however most people who are, you know, influenced by fear, or they have, you know, something else to live for, like a person who has a child, you know, they're not going to want to, you know, leave their child to stand for themselves. So, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a statement that has truth to it, to a degree, but also, you know... And my point was, what you just did was articulate the nuance in that in that choice like okay i'll grant that technically everything we do is a choice like everything pretty much everything we do while we exist is a choice but what you just did there was articulate some nuance you just said it's a shitty choice it's pretty much a no-win situation it's probably like the hardest choice you could ever make death or slavery like that is probably like i i can't i can't i i i I can't imagine right now a harder choice, but I would say that what I heard, the little bit I heard and the little bit I read, it felt like Kanye didn't articulate the nuance of that choice. Like it felt like he said slavery was a choice. Like they could have just clocked out at any time if they really wanted to. It's like I, mm, I don't know about that. Uh, so that's what my point was. My larger point was that is a that is a notion or an idea that requires finesse, nuance, and extreme fine articulation. And it didn't feel like he – it felt abrupt and it felt off the cuff. And that's really not the way you want to handle that situation. Okay. Well, yeah. I, I have to see to that. But then I would also say that it's still necessarily – wouldn't be the best because then you have to think about you know everyone's perception and understanding yeah. of what they say. So even so, then there's points where you can say something so 
smart and intellectual yeah. that people still won't understand because yeah. you can't win everybody. They're not on that level. So yeah, you can't win everybody. The way his statement was going to receive positive and negative feedback, and that's in the sense because of anything in life where you can say anything. Yeah. And it still be perceived however anybody chooses to take it because of their level of understanding. I yeah. Just like I. You know, I can simply go outside and be like, green is the greatest thing on earth. And then someone be instantly pissed and be like, how dare you say green? And all I was, I'll say to that is, you're absolutely right. You can't win everybody. There will always be, you can get 99.99999 repeating percent of people. But there will always be that slim point zero 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 infinite zero one percent of people who think you're crazy. But what I would say is... When you publicly speak, I feel that you should try and be as rational and as articulate as possible if you're speaking on something that is very complicated. So in order to reach as many people as you can and have them understand you as much as possible, like you're not going to get everybody, but you should try to, I don't know, sway I guess you should try and have as many people understand where you're coming from as possible. And it didn't feel like he – it felt like he kind of you know, short-gamed it. He didn't go for the, the majority of people to understand him. He just felt like he had a hot take to throw out there. And it's like that's really not the hot take kind of area of the discussion. Like that's not really like the place for that, man. Like that's that's a very complicated issue and stuff like that. And it's like – you can't just hot take that, man. You got to be articulate. You got to, if you want people to understand you, the majority of people to understand you, and an issue like that, you got to be careful, I guess. Okay, so I ask you, how do you, how do you express something in a way that you don't know how? For instance, well, saying that if he, let's, let's say hypothetically, if we were to ask Kanye, hey, did you say that in the best possible way that you could? And he says, yes. By your standards, he still presented that wrong. But to him, he said that in the best possible way that he could. And I'm not trying to change Kanye's mind. I'm just saying I disagree with him. And and if you said and you asked me, how do you speak on something you're not necessarily – you know, you don't know everything about, it's like, well, again, discretion is the better part of valor. Just because you have a platform, just because you are a public figure and you can, you know, reach the masses and say something publicly and you have the ear of millions of people, doesn't mean every thought that comes through your mind is necessarily worthy of articulation. You know, it's like you can say you can say whatever you want, man. Say whatever you want to as many people as you want. There's I really believe unless you're like advocating like killing like innocent people or like threatening people you should probably be able to say whatever you want man but just because you can doesn't necessarily mean you should with everything especially i mean i don't know kanye's what he did to research his opinion i don't know i don't know how informed he was but it didn't feel like it was very a very informed statement so what i would say is like don't if you don't feel like you are informed enough to articulate accurately what you're trying to say, maybe you should hold back and wait until you can say it as effectively informed as you possibly can. But if he felt that he 
In hindsight, is always twenty twenty. But like, I, I guess we would just have to agree to disagree. Like, if you ask, this is just my opinion. You can Kanye could be like, well, I think I did the best I can, and whatever you say doesn't fucking matter. I'd be like, you're absolutely right, Mr. West. Love your music. Thanks for chatting with me. Like, I would, I would just tell him, look, man, we we disagree. We are allowed to disagree. Like, it's not a comp. Like, I'm not trying to compete with Kanye. I'm not trying to change his mind, and I don't think he's trying to. If he, I'm not going to allow him to change my mind. I think what we need to do these days, instead of trying to kill each other until, like, the other person realizes they're wrong, is just agree to disagree, man. We can disagree on some things. There are some things we shouldn't disagree on, like basic facts, but we are allowed to disagree. Like, you know, I wouldn't have done it that way. Oh, okay. Well, I think I did it as best I could. I was like, okay, we can do agree to disagree, man. It's all right. We can go live the rest of our lives. Fuck it. It don't matter. At the end of the day, we're not even going to fucking care about this in, like, five or ten years, so fuck it. I think that there are ba- like that wasn't necessarily thrown at Kanye. I think that there are basic facts, especially with this administration uh, in the executive branch of our government. There are basic facts that we should all agree on. Like, like we don't get to disagree. Like, I don't think there are basic facts that you should be that we should disagree on. Uh, I mean, I just think that you can try, you can try and subvert them to for your own benefit, but I think that there is a certain, and don't be, that's a whole other pie, like what basic facts we should agree on, but like, <laughs> that's a whole other pie, and maybe next volume, I'll have you on and we can talk about that further, but I do think that there are, there needs to be a consensus on some things, like there are basic things, and it's not even that hard, it's just the fact that since we're bombarded with so much information, so much, uh, so many opinions, that it can seem like there's a contra- controversy about a, the consensus, but really there's no controversy. It's just people are like, you know, the Earth. Like I'll take it for instance. This is a silly example, but it's an example because it is, you know, it's out there. The Earth is the Earth is round, people. Like the Earth is round. Like there's no like this has been proven for centuries. But then people, they're like, I think it's flat. And it's like, okay, no, yeah, I, I give it that, that, I that's give not, it that's not a debate. Like, that's not a debate. Like, just because an idiot, there are a few idiots out there that think, well, you know. But the only, the only way, the only thing I can see to rebut the earth is round thing is just to use the argument of everyone having a different perspective. And that because everyone has a different perspective, you can choose to to you know believe or disbelieve whatever you like. So in his world, yeah. like in his cognitive mind and everything else, if he chooses not to accept the fact that the world is round, then technically in his mind that is a reality. So his him saying the world is flat would be a truth and a fact to him. It's not accepted truth or fact to exactly. the rest of the majority. Yeah. But to him, it is. 
and I would say, and we can wrap this up and move on to the questionnaire. Uh, you can you can you can be subversive. You can be contrarian. You can be a contrarian. But if you try and buck the consensus, there will you can then if you buck if you tr- attempt to buck the consensus, you cannot then lament the consequences. Like, oh, you might want to change that statement. You can't. You can't. Like, if if you try and buck the trend, buck the crowd, buck the consensus, and then the and then the crowd doesn't want to fuck with you and alienate you. I'm sorry, friend. This isn't. We're not talking. Like there, are, there are empirical facts. Like there are empirical facts. And no, no, I was just pointing out that logic of that statement. Yeah. That you, that you were just using. That when you try to go against the grain, then you have to be prepared for the consequences. In the sense that is the argument of you know the choice of slavery combo. <laughs> Ooh, buddy, we are we are off the we are off the reservation on this one, man. I'm not gonna lie, we we got into this one. <laughs> <laughs> I was up this, I just had to point that out because you were like, well, yeah, if you wanna go against and say that you know do different than what everybody else is doing, then there's gonna be consequences. It's like, well, that's that's what you know a lot of the whole slavery thing about being a choice was because there was tons of people that went against. That's how you get the Harriet Tubman and stuff like that. The people who I agree. I agree, but I think there is a directionality as far as contrarianism and bucking the trend and going against the grain. Is there a? Are you? Are you fighting the crowd or not fighting? Are you? Are you going against the crowd in a progressive way? And this is all subjective. Or are you going in a negative way? Are you going in a tangential way? Like, what are you doing? Are you trying to digress? Are you trying to progress? Are you trying to regress? That's all subjective. Yeah, it's... Some people believe, uh, yeah. you know, Malcolm X's ways were more progressive than Martin Luther King and vice versa. Yeah. It's pretty much everything in this world is subjective and it all boils down to what you believe is right and wrong. It just because long, yeah. no matter how you try to do anything, somebody's not going to agree with the way you did it because they felt that their way was better. Even if you can prove that your way would have been better, they may not still accept it. So it's just like... Just do the best you can, right? <laughs> do the best you can. All right. Are you ready for this questionnaire? We're probably lost. <sighs> probably the audience that we're listening have probably tuned out because this is what usually okay. This is what usually happens at parties that me and Tommy are at. We usually start on some very you know simple, very like like very a very contained argument conversation, and then it branches off into this like, well, what is truth? It's like, <laughs> well, because this is this is what happens when you talk to me and yeah. you start you know bringing up anything that. I may have opinion in or something. Look, I, I, I sometimes I don't understand how my mind works, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, you ready for this? This uh, this question? No, not really, but I'll try. Oh, man, it's, a, it's supposed to be fun. <laughs> don't make it sound like it's a fucking pop quiz. <laughs> okay, uh, what is a skill or craft you want to learn one day? Skill and craft that I want to learn would be um, like bow hunting. Like I would oh, nice. want to go out and hunt with a bow and get like real primal. 
Get a stick and a, like a, a knife and just tie them together, right? And then, then you're ready to yeah, go. Yeah, right? and then like kill it and, you know, rip its heart out and, you know, hold it up in the air. Just yeah. get real primitive. Yeah. I will say if you ever do take up like serious hunting like that, look, man, if you ever kill some deer and you have some deer meat lying around and you need to give it to somebody, I'll be happy, more than happy to take some deer meat. I'll fucking I will love not deer. Give any deer meat. <laughs> Uh, you would not get any. Oh, stingy bastard. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, what's your favorite TV show? You know, currently on, formerly on, you know, what What do you, what? what's your jam? It's, uh, I don't know. It's Rick and Morty <laughs> and Archer. Nice. I will literally put either or on and I go to sleep to it. Or let it just play over and over. I just don't get tired of it either. Oh, yeah. That's great, man. I, uh, I'm i still waiting for season three of Rick and Morty to come on Hulu for me to watch it. But the first yeah. two seasons were really good. I saw, I, I saw bits and pieces of the third season, like on YouTube and stuff. You know, somebody yeah. always uploads Yeah, it, for real. But they have to, like, mess with the audio or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm waiting on it to hit Hulu as well so I could just watch it at my leisure. Okay. What's something, uh, you know, a joke, a movie, a video, a meme, whatever, that makes you laugh every time? Everything. Like, I'm so goofy. Like, <laughs> half of my language that I speak in is composed of memes <laughs> and quotes and movie references. Like, I talk in just one big, like impression of other stuff that I've heard. Yeah. So it's literally Too long to list pop culture huh? Too long to list, huh? Yeah, like it could be almost anything. Okay. Like it and Eddie was here and butter toast. How's <laughs> I laughing at that? Butter toast and gravy. <laughs> yeah, so you guys just like, ah, oh, Ed <laughs> Uh okay. Who was your first crush? You know, it could have been a girl you knew or like a celebrity, it could have been anybody. Who was your first crush? First crush. Oh, uh, it was uh, what's her name? Christina Milian. Ooh, good choice. She was the first because it was right around uh, what was the movie she made with Nick Cannon? Oh shit! Hold on, hold on. What was that? Uh, Nick Cannon. They were like in high school. They were something. I, I, I know I know that you're talking about. Was it Love Don't Cost a Thing? Was that it? Was she in that? With... It might have been. Yeah it, was Love... yeah, it was Love Don't Cost a Thing. It was a remake of uh, Can't, Buy My... Can't Buy Me Love. Yeah. Well, yeah. That... And then, like, at the same time, she also made, like, a video. Yeah. Um... That I'm gonna show you how to make a man video, and I saw that, and I was like, "Hello, man! I wish I was a little bit older." <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, buddy! I don't, I, don't, I don't know how much older she might be than me. How old? Are you? I don't know what age. How old she is? She is. is uh, but, you said you're 26. Yeah. She's 36. Oh well, see. Yeah, exactly. You know, if she if she ever wanted to give me a try, I would not. Say no. I would actually. I probably have ordered it. 
Hey, man, she's single, too, looks like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, hey, she wants a good dude, I will be at home, I will make all the dinners. You hear me? All the dinners. All the dinners. All, right. all the dinners. Speaking of food, uh, what's your favorite dessert? Um, I mean, just a regular ice cream, cookies and cream. Okay. I always just some in the desserts. Yeah, I get that. Um... Uh, Okay, if you could trade places with a famous and or powerful person, you know, a celeb, you know, a famous business person, you know, something like that, alive today, who would you trade with? Ooh, you know what? Just for one day, I would trade with uh, Johnny Depp. Really? But he would have to be the... Making a pass to the Caribbean. Okay, so you'd want to be Johnny Depp being Jack Sparrow. Yeah. Okay. Just so I could just be that, just off the world. <laughs> and get paid for it. Like, I would love to be that character or something close to that and get paid to do that. Like, that'd be my life. And someone's like, hey, here's money for it. Yeah, exactly. Not just a, lo- not just a little bit of money either. Like... A lot, like $20 million worth. <laughs> yeah, like, let, let me get on camera and just let my mind go. Yeah. You give me money for it. Okay. You, you get some great things. Yeah. Uh, would you drive in a, what would you rather do? Drive in a NASCAR race or a monster truck rally? Monster truck. First of all, I don't approve of NASCAR <laughs> to begin with. Not a shot at anyone who enjoys NASCAR because everyone has their preference, but... The idea of driving in a circle for hundreds of laps does not excite me at all. Yeah. Now, being in a monster truck and driving over stuff and possibly flipping over in this giant thing, it does scare me, but it'll be cool with Yeah, I got to give you that, man. I, I don't know which one. I'd, I think I'm leaning towards NASCAR because I would rather go fast than like cause destruction, but if you were like, oh, I'm sorry, you can't drive that NASCAR, but you can be in this monster truck rally and be like, alright, let's go. Let's do this. <laughs> uh, okay, last question. We'll wrap up, and thank you again for taking time. We had a, This was a great episode, man. I'm so glad we got to talk and stuff like that. Uh, what is some good advice you wish you would have had in the past, you know, that you could either give your past self or give, like, a young buck these days? Like, what, what would you... What, what What's some great advice? Listen... <laughs> that that's it, huh? Yep, just listen. Just well, listen. Not, you know, not just that simple, but to listen, you know, more and listen better. Yeah. You know, a lot of times we, as people, we hear people. Yeah. But we're not actually listening to them. Yeah. And you'd be surprised about really... you know how much information and stuff you can get from just listening to you know people around you talk or people near you. Uh, you know, friends, family, anybody. You know, when they're, you know, living a regular life and talking and doing whatever, you'd be surprised how much stuff you can learn and then use it in your own, you know, on your own time. Yeah. I, I would I would piggyback on that and say not only listen but be attentive. Like, you can listen with your ear, with your eyes. Like, you can, like, that's all, like, People, when they are speaking to you, are always giving feedback, and it's not all the time audible or or, or oral. It's 
body language, it's inflection, it's it's a bunch of factors. So I would be, a, I would, a, I would, I totally agree with you. But I would piggyback on that and say, just be attentive more to people. You know. Yeah, yeah. I agree. All right, that's gonna do it for us, guys. Uh, thank you again, Tommy. I know I just thanked you, but I'll thank you again, man. Thank you. This was a great episode. I'm. Thank you again. Thanking me, man. Well, I just appreciate because I just appreciate it because I mean I put you. This episode was delayed. Like the the our conversation was like delayed by like a month and some change. So and I agree, I just I want to thank you for your patience, man. I really do appreciate it. I mean, it's not like I'm a celebrity, man. I'm just living the regular life. Yeah, I know, but. I don't Pretty like my, to, my pants on like anywhere. <laughs> I just I don't like to like j- like jerk people around and like you know change plans. I hate changing plans like that. But uh, that's gonna do it for every us this week, guys. This episode should be coming out Wednesday, the twenty seventh, twenty seventh. Yes. Uh, <laughs> like and subscribe, share, comment, all that fun stuff that I hate to ask y'all to do, but need y'all to do anyway. Uh, Tommy, I hope you have a great rest of your weekend, man. Thank you again. I got one more in. Thank you. And then another one. Uh, I'll talk to you later, man. Oh, God. Talk to you later, man. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye.